everyone, and welcome to episode 50 of Fall It Off the Record, Lend Me Your Spears. I'm your host, Rick McVick, and with us tonight is Shalene. Hi! So yes, we're going to get our ads out of the way because we have some great, great stuff for you tonight. So tonight, we are sponsored by TweakedAudio.com. If you are in the need for headphones or earbuds that are a little less smaller than mine... Go to tweakedaudio.com and pick out the ones that you love, because they will be great. And then, when you get to checking, enter our code, off the record, which is all one word, for 30% off and free shipping worldwide. So that's tweakedaudio.com, enter our code, off the record, which is all one word at checkout, to receive 30% off your order and free shipping worldwide. We are also sponsored by Audible, uh, our, your number one, yeah, our number one source. No, your number one source, maybe Shaleen's number one source for audiobooks. And if you use our link, audibletrial.com slash Network, you'll receive a free audiobook of your choosing. Tonight, Shaleen recommends... Um, Halo Glasslands by Karen Travis, one of the, the Halo licensed novels. It's a really good one. Awesome. So yeah, head to audibletrial.com slash Network and sign up for the free 30-day trial and pick out a free audiobook. You can also become a patron of our show by going to patreon.com slash Network and signing up for one of our rewards there. You can also make a one-time donation by going to uh, questgamingnetwork.com and using our PayPal link there. And did they eliminate the Amazon thing? Uh, no, they still have it. I just didn't put it in the show notes because 2 a.m. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> okay. So head to also you can spot, you know you can help out the show financially by uh, using our Amazon link, which is on our website. Make sure you clear your cookies first, so it recognizes where that link came from. You can also help us out non financially by uh, sharing us on your social media, sending us emails, like, subscribe, and we tweet, we tweet, tweet, and, we tweet uh, that ways a wifeful. <laughs> and tell your friends, uh, tell your friends about us. So good uh, job, Billy. So. <laughs> So I can stop talking. Tonight we've got news, gameplay, which me and Shaleen couldn't be more different in our gameplay tonight. Uh, we have FOTR Recommends, Lore, Weapon of the Week, and some emails. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead, once I find our bumper here, and filler, filler, filler talk, filler talk, and here's the news. If you like news, you're going to love our next segment. What happened in the world of Fallout this week, Shaleen? as much as usual, but we do have some things going on. We're going to start out with something that I found on PC Gamer. This is Fallout 1.5 Resurrection. It is a Fallout 2 mod. The story is set between Fallout 1 and 2. It takes place in New Mexico with new characters, areas, and factions, a lot of quests, different ways to solve quests, different ways to play the game. It has a darker tone than Fallout 2, uh, which is kind of a, a silly game, you know, more lighthearted. As big fans of, uh, this is a quote from the developers of Fallout Resurrection. Go ahead, Rick. What Fallout, do you say? Fallout 2 was lighthearted and fun. Do you remember the opening video to that? Yeah, but it's a silly game. It's a silly <laughs> game. Yeah, a silly game just starts off their whole game by just seeing a family get bowed down. That's well, a silly game. Silly game. Anyway, this one has got a darker tone than than Fallout 2. And this is a quote from the, the developer of the mod. As big fans of Fallout, we've tried to take the best from all the classic Fallout games. Easter eggs and jokes, with which Fallout 2 was literally overfilled, have been folded into the background. Instead, the great atmosphere of decadence and hopelessness enjoyed by so many in the first Fallout game returns. The world is still chaotic 
with only a few small independent communities connected by tenuous trade relations. The wasteland is an unfriendly place where law is on the side of whoever has the biggest gun. This mod is available for free at resurrection.cz. And it looks really cool. I watched the uh, the trailer for it. It looks like there is a ton of content in that mod. It's basically another game. It's another Fallout game. If you were a fan of, of the ISOs, you should definitely check that out. Yeah, and we will look forward to uh, whenever Shalene checks that out. Yeah. <laughs> After I finished Fallout 2 base game, maybe. You haven't finished Fallout um, 2? Oh, that's right. You just started it last week. just started it. Yeah, just started it. I'm actually still very early on. Did you figure out how to get through the door? I did. Was I More right? on that later. Okay, sorry. No, that's right. You were not right. <laughs> you were not right. Not right at all. Of course. Of course. <laughs> sorry. So, I'm I'm not good at those games. You know this. We know this. We do know this. We do. It's a bit later than projected, but update 1.6, the one that has exit saves and the new Codsworth names, it's available on both consoles now. Yep. But Yay. Using it, it works really nicely. I actually haven't played, I don't think, Fallout 4 since that came out. Oh, no? No. Man. I haven't played played much Fallout 4 lately. Bethesda Store is having a sale in honor of Comic-Con. It ends on Monday the 25th. And I actually took advantage of this sale to buy an Adam Katz t-shirt. <laughs> Yay. That's I was awesome. very excited about that. So they've got all the t-shirt, everything pretty much is on sale. All the t-shirts and hoodies, um, they're all on sale. It's very great. What a what a brilliant time to have no money. <laughs> well, if you did have money, and if any of our listeners have money, you can go check that Send out. It to me. Oh, right, yeah. Sure. Buy things for Rick. <laughs> <laughs> buy things for me. No, don't. I don't I really buy things for Rick. We're teasing. I just don't buy t-shirts. You know, microphones and other things. Yeah. Um, yeah, but not, not t-shirts. Well, you know, I have quite enough t-shirts in my life, <laughs> but Adam Katz, Rick. I know, Adam I Katz. know. It's just funny because you and me are so different. Like it's I my go, <laughs> I just go to Walmart and get a pack of black t-shirts and call it a day. And you're just like, mm-hmm. Adam Katz and Nuka-Cola uh-huh it's like it's as long cool. as it doesn't have a pocket i'm a happy guy <laughs> yeah pocket tees are Just, bad bad news yeah unless you unless you roll up the sleeve with a cigarette pack and you're mm-hmm. like reverend horton heat then you could get away with it okay so the next item uh gamesindustry.biz did a interview recently an interview recently with fergus urquhart <laughs> i probably mispronounced that name sounded uh, right of Obsidian, formerly of Interplay, and there were some Fallout-relevant tidbits in there that I thought I would let you guys know about. And uh, this is a quote from Fergus. With Fallout New Vegas, sometimes I look back on that and think, should we have pushed for a larger budget? What could we have done to launch it better? Because there's two parts to a launch, the publisher and the developer, and that's our part. So what could we have done? Hmm. So this is kind of an acknowledgement of the the fact that New Vegas launched as a bit of a disaster. And uh, he's he's questioning what could they have done to have, who have made that less a disaster? Um, should they have asked for more money, more time, you know? Yeah. I don't so. know. I, it felt like a Picasso painting. I mean, it was a little all over the place, but it was endearing. And I liked it. Although, then again, then again, I was not a part of the launch uh, fiasco. Yeah, if 
New Vegas as it is now is a masterpiece in my opinion. But I played New Vegas the day it came out and it was it was awful. It was a train wreck. <laughs> it was awful. Mm. I took off like a week of work when New Vegas came out to just sit at home and play New Vegas and uh it was like the angriest week of my life. It was <laughs> so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. I just want to leave Doc it just Mitchell's didn't house. Work. It just didn't work. Like I got to the strip and the strip would not load and I'm like trying to look up stuff on the internet and um, this is back before people really posted like, you know, you couldn't go to Kotaku and see like everybody's having this problem. This is how you fix it Mm -hmm. or IGN or wherever you couldn't see, you know, this is no, you had to go through the forums and that's basically, you know, the playground when people are telling, you know, yeah, you know, if you, if you jump backwards and. So you have to try all this crazy stuff, and I don't know. It was it was bad. I had to wear one particular hat to be That's able to right. get strip to load. I remember I had, saying that. I had sold that hat, <laughs> and uh, yeah. so I had to go like find the guy and hope he still had the hat. And it was just it was awful. But that was interesting to uh, to think that they were that is something that they were aware of, and you know they um, they're thinking back. You know what could they have done to make it better? very interesting so <laughs> I, I was just thinking like it I, I swear game developers if i if i had a game developer studio i would have a little speaker that whenever we launched a flub i would just like hit play and just wah, 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 through the whole office i don't know that's where my brain went just please continue on the news this is going to be bad okay <laughs> i this is more uh, just quotes from the interview it was so uh i just wanted to read these We were running into those issues, and that was my day-to-day. A penny here and a penny there. It was hard, and I think that's what really restricted us from launching out. The difficult thing, and I'm sure you hear this from independent developers all the time, when you get done with a game, not many developers work with the same publisher again. Not right away. So I thought that was really interesting, you know that they they felt the need to like step away you know and and do something drastically different and their next game was crowdfunded i believe Hmm. i know that you know there's been a lot of speculation over whether or not that they're going to do another fallout and it sounds like from this interview that doesn't seem like they're wanting to that very much does not appear to be the case at all yep um there was some talk in the interview about being an independent studio versus an owned studio Uh, He said that there were times that the owners didn't get paid so that the workers could all collect a paycheck. And, uh, you know, that's very honorable that they were that they were doing that. But it sucks because, you know, just because they're the owners, they deserve to get paid, too. You know, but that's a mark of a good owner. But it was it was, uh, you know, it was something that made me certainly respect them a ton. (laughs) Sorry, the chat room just (laughs) They derail us so often. We love them so much. Let's see Tanner Yodel. Forget it. But this is Tanner. Pretty, Tanner. Rick smile. Rick's mugs. Rick's botching of the English language. That is very true. And I gotta say, I think last episode they were commenting on how I botched the English language when I drink because I was having a brew. All I've had today is coffee and tea, and I still can't freaking talk. So that's okay. I, I think you talk real good, Rick. You talk real good. <laughs> Just ah, can we get so to this? Carrying on with this interview with Fergus Urquhart of Obsidian, 
They talked about the low New Vegas Metacritic scores that prevented them from getting a bonus from Bethesda. And they talked about how that's not something that they would ever allow in a contract again. <laughs> just seems like a bad idea. Yeah, well, no. if we do good on Metacritic. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> they said that's something that they had no control over, and it was really not to their benefit. No. And uh, that was such a, that was a, a unfortunate, really unfortunate. And when asked about Fallout, he said, well, no, laughs. <laughs> we're, not, <laughs> we're not working on a Fallout. People have said that we should just crowdfund everything now, and I think we should crowdfund some stuff. But if we want to go and do something big, we need to get that extra funding. We can't raise 30 to $50 million. And they ended the article talking about how they're open to being purchased, but also fine with remaining in an independent studio. And I thought that was really interesting. That was the big takeaway that most of the news outlets had, is that, yeah. you know, Obsidian is open to being purchased. Will Bethesda purchase them? <laughs> But Doubt it. <laughs> I felt like that was just really reaching, you know? There's been nothing to indicate that they are working on a fallout. He said right out, straight up. You know, there was no no beating around the bush there. They are not working on a fallout. And yeah. uh, as much as I would love another Obsidian-made fallout, that's not happening. And when he said that they were open to being purchased, it wasn't a new thing, you know? It was... It was Something that's that's been the case. They're open to that, but that. they're not actively looking for buyers. That's what it sounded like to me when I read that interview. Anyway, yeah. I thought it very interesting that 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 was sort of the clickbait title that everybody ran with. I thought really the uh, the big takeaway for me was their look back at New Vegas yeah. and wondering what they could have done better. Anyway, I just wanted to share that with you guys because I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, the, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, New Vegas may have had its issues, and it still does have issues, but mm-hmm. it it is such a very special Fallout. Oh, it's so good. Um, it just has a completely different tone than than the Bethesda produced ones, and um, it's just different and special. So I'm glad that they did it. I'm very, very glad that they did it. And, um, I, you know, do I want them to do another one? Well, sure, why not? But, um, I don't know. I just... Yeah, I don't know. It was a very good fallout. I'm glad they did it when they did it. So I hope he doesn't regret what they did. You know what I mean? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think that was at all what was meant. I think uh, they just wish that they had had some more time to release a more polished product. Yeah. Sure. The, it was a very, it was like a year and a half that they made Fallout New Vegas in. Wow. Which is insane. That's just a game of that scope with that kind of detail. It's it's bananas. Especially with that faction mechanic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, we still love it. The vault Workshop achievements are out, and they're real boring. So, yeah. Real boring. These Workshop achievements have, have not been interesting at all. <laughs> I'm greatly disappointed. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> so you can find those at Exophase or, or uh, XboxAchievements.com or wherever your achievement website of choice is. And our final news item, this, okay... I've got a bunch of, of Google alerts set for the word Fallout, Rick. So I just get a bunch of stuff that says Fallout in it that's not necessarily Fallout related. Uh-huh. For example, this week I got a lot of Melania's uh, Trump speech Fallout uh, in my inbox. And I was like, that's not what I, not what I meant, guys. Wrong not what fallout. I meant. And then I'm, I'm seeing like Brexit Fallout. Still not what I meant, guys. Thanks. <laughs> but try. no. But this one, it was not what I meant. 
but I'm so glad it showed up in my inbox, Rick. <laughs> so glad. What is it? This one came from the Montana Standard. Nice. <laughs> the University of Montana is getting rid of many, many crates of Cold War Fallout shelter supplies. <laughs> nice. A whole bunch of tins of survival ration biscuits from 1963. They were meant to supply one person for two weeks on 700 calories per day. And the school also has carbohydrate supplements in the form of lemon and cherry hard candies. <laughs> That's amazing. They've got a few tins of the supplies in the library's duck and cover exhibit at the oh. at the university. Um, but a thousand boxes of these fallout shelter supplies will be thrown out if no one wants them. We should re- and go ahead. We should ask them. I was to gonna send say them. we should reach out. <laughs> like, can you send us a box or three? <laughs> we absolutely should. I just, I'm so disappointed that we didn't think of that until now. After the show, I'm going to pin an email to the University of Montana. That would be so amazing. We just get this like box of real Fallout stuff. <laughs> we could unbox and eat them on the show. <laughs> Do you remember your face when you just tried a, a this day and age quantum? Yes, it you, was it was quite a popular segment. Yes, it was. <laughs> I just could imagine those candies tasting like the hard candies that you get at your grandmother's house. Yeah. Because they're just like... <laughs> it's like, yep, that candy's uh, strawberry asbestos is uh, that one. And so, yeah, I just I couldn't even imagine how those things taste. <laughs> strawberry asbestos strawberry asbestos because <laughs> it's not asbestos it's asbestos at least that's from where i'm from um but we anyway. absolutely i'm actually i'm actually gonna make a note here you're gonna make a note man look at you being all assistanty making notes about our show but is that that's it for the news right that's it for the news it's and the news. uh and i've made myself a note so that i can ask them to ship fallout <laughs> off the record some Fallout Some ration biscuits, por favor. <laughs> it's going to be great. I wish those things are hard as a rock. A uranium rock. Speaking of uranium. Uranium fever. <laughs> Let's talk about our gameplay for this week. All right. Now I'm going to take the, take the lead on this one. <clears throat> and talk about what I've been doing in my Fallout 4. As you all know, I've been playing my Minuteman character, my weirdly similar looking to Heath Ledger character. And it's still building my army, still going around collecting weapons, mainly combat rifles, and gathering uniforms, mainly the uniforms from dead gunners. I decided that I wanted to clear out all the little warning triangles on my settlements. So I go into my pit boy and I look at all of the frigging triangles that are next to my settlement names and I start clearing them off one by one. And before when I had tried this, they hadn't really fixed that mechanic yet. And it was still, it wasn't working properly. Now it was working properly. So as I was doing things, it was actually clearing them off. But in doing so, I actually ran out of materials. So it got a little frustrating because you need a heck of a lot of steel. So I decided to go do some missions, raise some caps. I'm down to like 300 caps from buying supplies and then go out and find some materials to build things with. So I've been doing missions with McCready. He's been my partner in crime. I finally did. Oh, Shalene, I, I do want to say I did go through his next um, where we went to med tech research to get the cure. 
Right. Did and did you get the cure? We did. And I did do that mission before. You were absolutely correct. I thought I you was had. stupid and forgot. Um, so, yeah. Uh, that after finishing that up, I decided to go to some miscellaneous quests, and I found a few vendors that actually gave you missions. One of them being Daisy has a mission for you. There's a few other ones that have some missions for you to do, and uh, one of them, oh, 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 the baseball, the Swata, the Swata vendor in uh, in um, Diamond City, tells you to go to the to this guy's house. I can't remember his name, and get some baseball memorabilia. So I did those things, and at one point, oh, I I fast traveled to Oberlin Station. And I started walking up the railroad tracks and towards this, this guy's house along the river. And I hear the shooting going on. So I was like, okay, I vats up and I see that there's, you know, a couple robots up ahead. And I also see a Brahmin running away. So I thought this is an interesting situation and open fire on this sentry bot. And it's got a, uh, what does it have on it? Oh, the railroad spike gun or the rail, the spike launcher. The railway rifle. Rail way rifle because the railway rifle railway rifle because that's where my mouth will go so i'm fighting these guys and some rust devils show up so i'm fighting some rust devils and it starts to get a little overwhelming because they've got an assaultron they've got a sentry bot they've got a couple of the robots and they have rust devils and it's just me and mccready so i pulled out my flare gun which i've been using actually and i pop off a flare and i retreat back towards the unmarked train station that's there and Minutemen come up from the rear, and they start fighting these bad guys. At the same time, gunners show up. So I'm fighting gunners and rust devils, all in this little railroad battle. And I've got Minutemen supporting me, and McCready's off somewhere. I have no idea where the frick he's at. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, there was some lady named Kelly that I vatsed, and she was a friendly, and then a Brahmin. So I'm thinking, I wonder if she's fine. They were attacking her to begin with. So, finish off the fight. I almost die um, a few times, and it was a big fight. It was a really long fight, just because factions kept showing up in the middle of it. So, finished off the fight, cleared everything out, got all the scrap that I wanted to, got the weapons and clothes, and I went up to check on Kelly, and she's like, hey, do you want to buy a Brahmin? And I was like, why do I want to buy a Brahmin? And she's like, for 100 caps, it increases productivity and blah, 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 and aphrodisiac. I don't know what she was saying. But anyway, so I was like, sure, I'll buy a Brahmin for you for 100 caps. And she says, where do you want it? And I said, 10, 10, uh, 10 pines bluff, I think. So then I, that's where I sent the cow and gave her 100 caps. And I'm trying la la lying away. And at some point in time, I see 10 pines bluff failed to defend. And it kind of dawned on me that I went, I really didn't know who I sent to Ten Pines Bluff. I don't know. Because at the end of the conversation, she said, she said, um, either like, I'll see you soon or I'll see you like, I'm sure I'll see you later or something like that. And I don't know if she went up to Ten Pines. I don't know if she was like a raider trap. Like, have you seen her? Have you found this lady? I have never seen that particular encounter. Yeah, her name is Kelly. She sells you a Brahmin, and for in ironically, so she just like wants directions to a settlement that she can can. I'm wondering if that's what it is. She she lets you buy this, you know, Brahmin for a hundred caps. So she gets a hundred caps, and then you tell her where to take it. And it just unless it was ironically, unless it was just irony that that same settlement got attacked shortly after I made that sale. It could have been a coincidence. Yeah, so I don't know if she, uh, I don't know, I don't know if she was a raider in disguise, kind of like the hardware store. Was Kelly actually like a couple of children standing on each other's shoulders and like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's a chick. 
What are I completely lost? Never now. mind. With the, with the trench coat, like. Oh no, she was in a farmhand outfit. Never mind. But speaking, I, I guess I don't get it. But speaking of the raider trap at the hardware store in Boston, in the Boston uh, town, uh, yeah, town, the town of Boston. One time, I ran up to that lady who's banging on the door, yelling for help. You know what I'm talking about? Actually, I just yeah, the one at the hardware town. Yes, hardware town. Uh, when I ran up to her to like say something to her, like find out what's going on, she had the Joker face paint. Oh no! So I was like, "You probably uh, should have taken that off before you tried to pose as like a normal person." <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's not going to work, and I blew her head off. Uh, so anyway, after that whole debacle at oh, right, you know, south of Overland Station, I do the mission, get the library, or I mean, I, I get the signed baseball, the, the yeah, the oven mitt, the the baseball mitt and the bat, and I take them back to this guy and I give it to him and. He's all happy and gives me some money. And I go do the mission, the big dig, because I decided I really want the XO one power armor. I, I mm-hmm. want that again. I'm level 40. I should go get that now. So I do the big dig and I find the XO one and it's incomplete. And I was like, whatever. So I decided to finish the big dig because I have never done that quest before. Have you finished this one yet? Of course. Yeah. So I was not sure what to expect. I was just going through it. I'm like, yeah, we're going to rip off. So you've off. never had Hancock? No, never. I never had wow. the opportunity to do so. Hancock's a great companion. He's, he seems to be. You know, at this point, I'm still running with McCready, and I want to get his perk before I move on to anyone else. But um, I'll get on that a little bit later. So I'm doing the big dig and get the X01, finish the big dig. I I just, I just kill No-Nos. I think, is that her name? No-Nos? Bobby No-Nos. Bobby No-Nos. So I kill her because, forget, yeah, I figured I would get on Hancock's side and kill her and leave. And then I decide to go find um, Lot 34. No, Lot 34 is wrong. I can't remember. But where the that unmarked location with the... Uh, I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called. The uh, I'm sure the chat room will remind, remind me. But So I go up there and I kill those robots and get my complete set of X01 and I'm all happy. And that was pretty much my gameplay. I, I ended it at that. But the thing I want to say about McCready is he's very hard to please. I find him very hard to please. And I, the only way I've found to really make him happy is by doing his quests, which are now over. And also by basically mooching off people. By, you know, if they're like, well, I'll pay you 100 caps. And I'm like, how about you make it 200? Yeah. All right, 200. Well, how about you make it 300? And he loves that. But when I do something nice for someone, he doesn't like it. Like if he I also go out of my loves way it when you free. steal. Oh, see, I don't steal. He, everyone likes it when I lockpick. That's that's the weird thing, too. Except for Strong. He's like, oh, why are you fiddling with that? Just smash it. <laughs> he doesn't seem that he would like anything. Court 34. Court, court 34. Court 34. I knew I was close with the 34. But anyway, that was pretty much a gameplay. I'm still... Just in build army mode. It's just fun. That's so, cool. what'd you do this week? Before I get into this week, have I ever told you about this? I don't think I've ever told you this one McCready story that I had. Probably. Not. I had recruited McCready and I had just recruited him. I was still in the, uh, what's that stupid bar called? The third rail. I was still in the third rail. I just recruited him. And uh, I was like, okay, you know, McCready likes it when I steal, so I'm going to steal some stuff. So I picked up the Nuka-Cola Quantum from behind uh, Whitechapel Charlie, 
and I was going to carry it up into the stairwell and put it down and steal it uh, in the stairwell where no one can see me. So they don't mind if you pick just pick things up? No, you can pick it up. You know, you don't add it to your inventory. You just pick it up. And then you carry it to a little dark corner and then you can steal it. So I was picking up this, this, uh, all of his good stuff that he had, you know, the Nuka-Cola Quantum and the Nuka Cherry and, and some purified water, I think. And I'm taking it up to the stairwell and stealing it. And McCready's like, yes. Oh, yes. It's so good. But then I'm picking up a bottle of Coke or something. And I accidentally add it to my inventory <laughs> instead of picking it up. And everyone in the third rail goes ballistic and they just all turn on me. And McCready whips out his gun and shoots me. <laughs> shoots me dead, like nailed me right in the in the dome. And, and I just... was like, McCready, <laughs> you were just happy about this. Literally seconds ago, you were happy that I was stealing from Whitechapel Charlie. But you got to think he's covering his butt. He's yeah. covering his butt. He's like, I caught a thief. Caught a thief here. <clears throat> yep. A thief who has a really thick wallet. I was so hurt. I was so just betrayed. I was like, at two, RJ. Oh, my gosh. It was bad. At two, RJ? Yeah, R- RJ McCready. Oh, see, man, you know him like. I'm a big McCready fan. I like McCready. I know, I know. So, anyway. <laughs> so, that that was not this week. That was a long time ago, and I probably already told that story on the show. I apologize if I had. If it helps, I don't remember. <laughs> this week, <laughs> I played a whole bunch of Fallout Shelter, and I am really digging the quests. They're so fun. Um so something I ran out of We're Alive characters in in my vault. <laughs> you know, there's not that many characters in We're Alive. Right. And I started, I have some random other dwellers in there. And some of them I've, I've renamed, some of them I haven't. And, uh, for example, I've got one that looks just like my dad. Like this one dweller walked up to the door and it's uncanny how much this dweller looks like my dad with the little mustache and like it's it's uncanny (laughs) they couldn't have done a caricature that was more accurate of my dad so i named him dad and i like gave him a shotgun and like i put him to work in like the 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 weapon shop because i thought he'd like that you know dad would like to be in there you know welding stuff and and um i've been sending him on missions (laughs) so funny I have another one that looks like uh, Sips, the YouTuber, Sips from Yogscast. So I named it Sips. Uh, he's my favorite YouTuber. Um, yeah, and, and I have one that looks like him. So I've been sending them out on missions together, my dad and Sips. <laughs> Don't kill your dad, Jeline. And like Pegs from We're Alive. I'll send them out on a mission. Oh, with Pegs, huh? It's so funny. Just take her. Just take so her. funny. Did you add in the lockdown characters yet? I haven't. I need to do that. Dude. I have not added in any of the lockdown characters. So you're not out. You're not out. That of would names. probably, yeah, that would probably fix my problem there. But I've really enjoyed these quests. They have dialogue and storylines and little Easter eggs, and it's so fun. Um, ah, it's been so great. And I like, uh, I'm just cracking up at them because they have this funny dialogue and like, 
I send them into this room and we're looking for clothes. The quest is just like, go get clothes. That's, <laughs> that's all the quest is. Which is, go a, get which is a th- it's going to be a thing. Right. That's, that's fallout. Yep. That's fallout right there. Go, go get, get close. <laughs> go get close. Cause without it, we die. So go get close. So they're going to get close and they're fighting in this room full of ghouls. And I have my dad equipped with a fat man and he's <laughs> shooting the fat man in the opposite direction from the ghouls. The ghouls are all behind him and he's shooting at the other end of the room. And I'm like, dad, they're right there. <laughs> I heard something behind me. <laughs> and I like the fact that you gave him a fat man for an indoor mission. Because they, they're not shotguns. The Merv launcher is not a shotgun. Well, it is, but you know. We get through. We get through this. And then we send them in to the next room. And it's one of the little rooms. You know, there's the long, like, three rooms, long rooms. And then there's the little, small yeah. rooms. And uh, and a Deathclaw is in this room, right? And Sips walks in the room. And he's just standing there, like, with the Deathclaw. And he turns and he's facing the same direction as the Deathclaw while the other two members of the party come in. <laughs> And then the Deathclaw, like, strikes out once and Pegs is dead. (laughs) (laughs) Instantly killed. Like, one shot killed. (laughs) And my dad, like, shoots the fat man at his feet. (laughs) 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 And the Deathclaw strikes again and my dad is dead. Oh, you killed your dad. (laughs) It was just the worst. But I I was laughing the whole time. I was laughing so hard. We all knew this was not going to end well. Kudos. Kudos to these Fallout Shelter quests. I'm having such a good time with them. (laughs) And that's not all that I've been doing. I've also been playing some Fallout 2. And last we talked about Fallout 2. Um, So just a little bit of backstory so that you guys know the story of what's going on. Fallout 2, you are the... uh, you are living in a village that was founded by the vault dweller of Fallout 1. And uh, it's there's a lot of, like, famine and, and you know, it's it's not a good situation. And the, uh, the leader of the village sort of tells you that there's this magical, you know, machine called the Gek. The Garden of Eden creation kit. Mm-hmm. Fallout 3 players will be familiar with that. That you need to go find... But first, before you can go on this quest, you have to prove that you are worthy and become the chosen one. And I was in this Temple of Trials last week to prove myself worthy. This is where Rick rage quit famously on like episode two of our Ah, podcast. Something like that. um, I was in there. I couldn't get through this stupid door. It was an impenetrable door. And there was this one room that I had been scared to go into because it was full of scorpions. And I was afraid of the scorpions. And I thought, okay, the key to this door has got to be in this room. So I go in the room and I fight the scorpions. And they're total pushovers. I'm like, why was I scared of these scorpions? And I found some plastic explosives in a vase because video games. And I thought, okay, I guess this is the only thing. You know, I've got, I've got to, uh, to use these plastic explosives. So I carry them over there and blow up the door. And behind the door, can you guess what I found, Rick, behind the door? No. Something no. Something not good. No guesses? Did you find the Gek? It was a guy named Cameron from my village, Arroyo. A guy named Cameron. 
Uh-huh. And he's like, hello, you know, I am your final challenge. You know, you must fight me to prove yourself worthy. And I was like, how did you get here? Yeah, anyway. How did you get here, Cameron? I've been standing here for 15 years. I had to fight my way through like 50 ants and rad scorpions. And there were all these traps. And I, I would step on the traps and they were shooting spears at me from the walls. And I had to blow up a freaking door. How did you get here? <laughs> Shalene, secret tunnels. <laughs> well, there goes Shalene. <laughs> <laughs> Natural Libre quotes, man, they kill me. I love that Every movie. Time. Love Every that movie. <laughs> Secret tunnels. It's just my favorite part. <laughs> just a busted hole in the wall. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Anywho, mm. uh, Cameron was supposed to be my final test. And he's like, you know, combat. And I'm telling him, Cameron, you know, like, are, are, do we have to do this? Like, And he's like, yes, you know, we must fight. And so I tell him that that's really silly. One of us could get really hurt. You know, one of us could be injured if we do this fight thing. And so I convince him to just say that we fought bravely and I won and I'll see you back at the village, buddy. (laughs) Is that what you said? Yeah. Nice. And he leaves. He leaves. (laughs) And I go through the door and got the vault dwellers vault suit and headed back to Arroyo. And Arroyo is really cool. I really like it. It's got a bunch of Zia symbols, which is the... uh, sort of the state emblem of New Mexico on the buildings. Uh. So I, I liked that. And there's this really rad, like a s- giant stone head that's a statue in the middle of the building. Very cool. And I explore. I enjoyed exploring Arroyo. And, you know, you just hover your mouse over a character or a thing and it tells you something about it. I hover over this one later and it's like, that's your aunt. She never liked you. <laughs> So, of course, I go in her house and, like, rifle through her belongings. <laughs> and I met this guy at the well named Fergus. Uh, you'll recall this uh, interview we just discussed with Fergus Urquhart. Yeah. This is the same Fergus that this is named after. Cause he was he was an interplay. He was one of the guys from the interplay days. Mm-hmm. So, um, he was talking about how the well wasn't working. So, I fixed the well for him. And I got training from this guy named Lucas at Unarmed Fighting. Gave me plus one perception. Uh, I had picked up some quests. I've got to find my nephew's dog. So that was... It was really... It's cool talking to the people. I looted everything. (laughs) And I went to talk to the shaman. Because the shaman was supposed to have the ability to make healing powder. And so I'm like, hey, you know... Uh, can you give me some healing powder or teach me how to make the healing powder or something? And the shaman talks in mysterious riddles like um, like the baboon from The Lion King, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and the dialogue that you get to say back to the shaman is just, just priceless. It's so good, Rick. So funny. And because uh, he, he'll say something and you'll be like, um... I, I'm going on this quest, and I, I was kind of hoping you could just, like, just be normal. 
for just once, you know, just just one time. And he gives me this quest, and I'm like, okay, um, I think you just asked me to weed your garden. If so, okay. So I go to uh, to weed the garden, and the, the plants are trying to eat me because Fallout. Right, right. That must be a Fallout from Vault 22. So I valiantly defeated the plants in the shaman's garden. It, it was just, you know, so brave. <laughs> and that's where I had to end it because I ran out of time. But I had such a good time playing Fallout 2. The dialogue is so good, and it's so cleverly well-written. I, I really... Really, am enjoying Fallout Two. You need to do some like videos of that. Yeah, I should. I totally should. It's the only way I'm ever going to get to see it. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Well, we'll have to do that sometime, Rick. You can hang out, and I will. I will do the clicking. Yeah, I know. I will. But, but before we get into anything like that, we have a recap of last week's challenge, and it was Vault Slaughter, and. Uh, yeah, you guys sent in some really disturbing things. I am really nervous for a lot of you out there. Yeah, I was actually... I, the couple times I got uncomfortable going through these. <laughs> and, um... Like, our, our FOTR challenge hashtag, you know, just just block the, the guy. Oh, yeah, there's a spammer in there. But anyway... If you would like to use our, our hashtag to see these pictures in their entirety. Yep. But we've collected a bunch for you guys to check out now. So let's get into it. All Super. right. Here's this one. I think that's Vinertron's. Yeah, it is because he watermarks <laughs> his his photos. I love. We tease him about it, but it's actually so helpful. I love Longfellow, who's just like, my. Yep, we killed them all. <laughs> we did a thing. <laughs> so good. Yeah, this was one that freaked me out a bit. That one's from Anonymous Anubis. Uh-huh. He's in a couple pictures, and this one was so unique. I just had to pick this one. It is a, for audio folks, it is a severed arm with a Pip-Boy on it, sitting on a box of vault suits. Yeah, well, he is a evil Egyptian god. Indeed. Then and I- that one is New Vegas, from right? BJ Cork. That is New Vegas Vault 19, I think. I should have written it down. And uh, this gun he's got is a mod. I wonder, is that... No, that's not uh, a mod. Is that not a mod? No, that's from Old World Blues. No kidding, I forgot that one. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's a dog brain inside of it. I totally forgot that. I'm sure our chat room could uh, help me out with that. But it's Vault 18, says Gone Ham. So yeah, next. Jeez. That one's Captain Bones, ah. and he actually said that he made a video of the Vault 81 slaughter, but he just he was kind of uncomfortable with it <laughs> because, you know, it looks so real nowadays, and um, I was totally, totally in accordance with that. So he sent yeah. this screenshot that in which he's, he's bravely looking down on the, the dead residents of, with, of Vault 81. With the big thing, with the big uh, marquee above him saying, Vault 81, welcome home, and there's just right. dead bodies. This one is. I'm scrolling. Oh, oh, it's tagged, but I can't read the watermark. Beta hoarder. That's it. He Beta did hoarder. Vault 95, cleared it out of all its chems and gunners. He's wearing the the dress, Agatha's dress, <laughs> and a cool hat, and wielding what I believe is the Children of Adam irradiated 
um, Super Sledge. Nice. Also, Nate Shapiro in our chat room says K9000 Cyberdog Gun. Right. Nice. I remember that. I think it barked when you pulled it out or something. I don't know. I can't remember. But right. next slide. Whoa. Holy crap. Archon1123, he has set fire to the little robots. No two all robots the little robots. are not on fire. <laughs> and grief. he says the celebration may have gotten out of hand. Yeah, this is like a, it's like a Shakespeare thing, like the curtains catching on fire. This reminds me of the of the ending scene of Inglorious Bastards. But anyway, um, the, this um, what? Oh, it's a mannequin. Okay. Okay, no. that is. Go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say McCready's sitting there, and you've got one guy doing like the reverse crab over a chair. There's yeah. A, and you got Colonel Sanders is the one. That <laughs> There's a <laughs> lot going on in this. Screenshot. I'll say, I'll say I don't know how the died. <laughs> but that's Creeper Trent one one five Vault seventy five. <laughs> Man, he, he looks like Colonel Sanders. But anyway. He really does look like Colonel Sanders. And and this, go ahead. No, they say Grumpy Gaz. I've I really like his mods that he's got going on here. Yeah, very cool. He's very got cool. like what is it? Got, like a crazy looking shotgun with a box mag, and he's got a scar. It looks like it has a flashlight on it. Nice. Also cool t-shirts. Oh, very cool t-shirts. He's sporting the uh, KD radio t-shirt mod. We approve. We do approve. And next up. Oh, this one. I love this. Uh, this is from Jim Morris, who is ah, in chat, I believe. Yeah. And she made a Yara Greyjoy uh, character from, from Game of Thrones. And, and that oh. just made my heart happy. <laughs> And she says, Yara Greyjoy pays the iron price. Good grief. I just, I don't know about this. <laughs> wow, he's even got his foot up on, on a yeah. pile of dead bodies. This Viking Krieger, who I believe is a newcomer to the follow off the record challenge. Ah. Uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I don't recall seeing that name before. He has killed a whole bunch of Garys. <laughs> yeah, he has. And we're back to Vendertron. All right. Thanks, everybody that submitted. We really enjoy yeah. enjoy seeing these every week. We do. Um, we're going to take it a little bit on a uh, lighter note this week because 2016 is a bit insane at the moment. And <laughs> I guess I feel a little bad for that challenge. But we're going to do uh, we're going to do. Well, a you know. One. I kind of wanted it to be a lighthearted challenge last <laughs> week. <laughs> Maybe I was just in a dark place. But this week, <laughs> I like how you're scratching your head. Just like <laughs> This week I made one that you couldn't take to a dark place. I want some happy in my inbox. <laughs> okay. So why don't, in this case then, why don't you go ahead and, and, take, and tell them what the next week's challenge is before I say, like, bring a dead body along. Send us a screenshot of your favorite Fallout Easter egg from any of the Fallout games. Yes, please do. And and keep it happy. <laughs> yes. Bring us some happy, funny things to see. Woo! Just like. Yeah, so when you when you send us a screenshot of our of your favorite Fallout Easter egg, please use the hashtag hashtag FOTR challenge. And we have some new pit board leaders to this week we have a new pit board leader oh sorry i saw three names there 
30 minutes before the show was going to start, and um, we got bombed on Twitter by Joseph Tao, um, who is the unofficial third host of Katie Radio. And he just rocked our socks with his pit board entries. Mm-hmm. He is the new leader of the Automatron pit board with a score of 483,710. Jeez. The Zeta Invaders pit board, 63,200. And the Red Menace pit board, because he is the only entrant on this one, 4,100. Nice. Oh, for the, he's the only one for Red Menace? Yeah, he's the only one who submitted for Red Menace. I'm trying to think, which one's Red Menace? <laughs> The uh, the Donkey Kong clone. Oh, I played that one the other day. Yeah. I did not do 4,000 because I was terrible well, at that game as a kid and I'm terrible at it now. You should try harder. <laughs> Thank you. Get good, Rick. Thanks. So when you submit the scores that are obviously better than mine, use hashtag Pitboard so Shaleen can monitor them. And if you want to be real fun, do it a bunch and send her a bunch of hashtag alerts so she's got to sift through them because she made <laughs> fun of me. Um... <laughs> Random point in the chat asks, where is the pit board? It's on Twitter. We we ask you that you send a screenshot of your score using the hashtag pit board. So that way, Shuleen can track everything. So his name's not what I'm confused. Anyway, um, chat room is confusing me. I don't pay. I Yeah, I, I've lost. I'm lost. So anyway. I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know either. But, but. Moving on from that, we actually brought back an old segment because you guys um, asked for this, and we like doing it, which is FOTR Recommends. And uh, this week, actually, was my suggestion, and I think I turned Shaleen on to something new, which is pretty cool. Uh, Simon Stallenhag, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that completely wrong, is an artist from, I think, Sweden? I believe he's from Sweden. Anyway, it's... Uh, SimonStalenhag.se So S-I-M-O-N-S-T-A-L-E-N-H-A-G dot S-E Now, the reason this guy is awesome is because his artwork is really, really cool. It kind of melds 70s, 80s, 90s styles with, like, sci-fi. So, we have some of his stuff to show you guys. And, uh, Shaleen picked a lot of these out and so did I. So we're gonna go ahead and get started. Um, this is one of his pieces. And... As you can, like I said, as you can kind of see, it's like it's like this like weird Fallout kind of universe. It really does look like concept art from Fallout Four. <laughs> so, uh, any, any any thoughts, Shalene, or are you muted? I'm muted. Oh. Sorry, I was in the chat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that totally does look like something from Fallout, though. Yeah. So, um, this is another good example of stuff he does where he kind of intermingles just normal stuff that we're used to seeing every day with robotic stuff that fits in the universe but isn't necessarily part of our normal normal um everyday life or whatever and this i think is part of his new series he's doing with like this weird did you read about his new series like i didn't read anything i just looked at the pictures yeah it he's got um he's got uh like a new series with some dial like some written Diary stuff, I'm not quite sure, but um, yeah, it's it's amazing. Uh, oh, I'm not in the program. This is another one from that same series. Apparently, it's some sort of infestation or something. It reminds me of like the weeds or the, the red vines from World of the Worlds. It reminds me a bit of also The Last of Us and uh, how, how some of the very organic things that were happening there 
And that <laughs> first that first picture that you showed kind of reminded me of the giant hermit crab of uh, of Fall oh. Far Harbor. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, Mike in the chat room said, what is this? This is an artist named Simon Stallenhag, and this is part of our recommend segment, but Anyway, um, this is another one that looks a lot like Fallout. <laughs> yeah, this totally reminds me of Libertalia a bit. Yeah, it does. It really does. Let's see. We got a few more. Like, again, here's just another one where it's like junk pot around. I just love... This is one of... It's my absolute favorite artist. Um, it's so clean. Yeah. So clean. And this is another good example of just normalcy mixed with just stuff that isn't. Uh, he has a this bunch is, of these. Go ahead. This is sort of a callback to that one painting of the the girl like sitting in the field. I I don't. Except that. it's these people like running away. <laughs> Very interesting. This was another part of a series he did, which was like robots that were some were like Native American in garb. Um, at least it seemed to be that way. So this is another. This is a better example of one where it's kind of a. Kind of a survival thing, but at the same time, very tribal. Um, you can see he's got some sort of bed sheet as a cape, but a skull head helmet thing. But yet, it's a robot. There's another good shot of a robot one, which is just amazing. I just love this guy's art. And I think that's it. But yeah, that's our recommends for this week. Hope you, hope you enjoyed his artwork. It, again, it's www.simonstallenh ag.se and um, he's got a ton of his artwork up there that you can buy on Redbubble I believe but he's got um, links to all that stuff so yeah I know I'm going to be picking up a few prints to put in my home because they're amazing excuse me but beyond that let's go ahead and get into our lore and that's okay uh, I will go ahead and take the lore Rick if you would actually um you may need to um, exercise the band hammer in our chat room. So just keep an eye on that. Okay. So we are continuing our history, uh, our post-war Fallout history series that originally was supposed to be three parts and is actually turning out to be like 20 parts. <laughs> and we are starting out in 2150, where we left off last time. The Vipers recover from their defeat by Angus at the Hub. They increase their numbers and establish a base north of the hub and south of the Lost Hills bunker. They struggle to provide for increased numbers and raid more often, drawing attention from the Brotherhood of Steel. In 2152, the Master finds Doomsday cultists, and instead of using them to increase his army, he um, recruits them to use as spies. Their leader, Morpheus, was once a member of the Rippers, and he pledges his people to the Master. They become children of the Cathedral, uh, which is a very important faction in Fallout 1. In 2154, Vault 17 is raided, and its inhabitants are transformed into super mutants by the Master. Among them is Lily Bowen. In 2155, this was a very eventful year in Fallout, the Gunrunners are established... The Brotherhood of Steel begins to track the Vipers. It begins as a sort of a training exercise uh, conducted by John Maxon's father. They believe that a small group of armored soldiers will be adequate despite the Vipers' numbers. Maxon falls to a poisoned arrow that nicked him while his helmet was off. John Maxon becomes elder and Rhombus becomes head of the Paladins. 
Rhombus leads the paladins against the vipers, and they are almost completely wiped out within a month. A few survivors flee into the mountains. Now, this was a, a bit of a, a more controversial point. According to the Fallout Bible, written by Chris Avalon, the vipers were never heard from again. But in Fallout, they are mentioned by several characters, Ian, Aradesh, and Killian. And vipers are also seen in the Mojave Wasteland in 2281. Um, the master learns the location of the Boneyard, which he conquers and establishes as his base. He sends patrols from the Boneyard to find other vaults. In 2156, the master encourages the spread of the children of the cathedral using missionaries as spies. In 2157, Vault 12, Necropolis, is discovered by the Master, and he sends troops to seize it. Many ghouls die before Set convinces the supermutants that the ghouls are the survivors of the Vault, that they won't find, basically, a stock of, of pure humans in that Vault to use for their FEV experiments. Some mutants remain to ensure the ghouls' cooperation in the war to come. In 2159, John Zimmerman hires the regulators to protect, protect Aditum, I never knew how to pronounce that, from the Death Claws and Raiders. In 2161, Harold finds his way to Old Town in the Hub. The Brotherhood of Steel discovers a dead supermutant, and Scribe Ree begins examining it. On December 5th, Fallout begins. The game Fallout the original Fallout game. I, I worded this really awkwardly. <laughs> Fallout begins when the Vault Dweller is sent into the wasteland in search of a water chip. The Vault Dweller visits Shady Sands, Junk Town, etc., and the events of Fallout 1 unfold over the next several months, culminating with the death of the Master in the spring of 2162. I'm not going to go through everything that happened during Fallout 1. <laughs> Yeah, because if they want to know that, that's they can in a just game you can it. play. Yeah. The Vault Dweller, despite his slash her triumph, cannot return to the Vault and is exiled instead. <laughs> Which is just the worst. That makes me feel so bad. In 2165, the Vault Dweller removes his slash her Vault suit and never wears it again. In July, the Vault Dweller, along with some fellow Vault Dwellers and Wastelanders, founds the village of Arroyo. In 2167, construction of Arroyo is completed in August. And in 2178, the Institute begins research on sam samples of FEV. I was hoping That's you... where we're leaving it this week. Okay. Um, I, I always make this typo of te 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 And Rick always <laughs> hopes that I'll pronounce it like that. I do. But you're too good for that, right? I'm a pro, Rick. Um... By the way, Shaleen, just a little inside baseball. Uh, did I make you an admin for this chat room yet? Um, well, I was, I'm logged in on the wrong account. I'm not logged in on the account that can... Uh... Chat, and I'll make you a moderator. Anyway, um, just because I guess we need to uh, be watching our chat room a little bit more. Yeah. Um, there you go. Uh... <clears throat> Anyway, we're going to move on and get into our weapon of the week, which hopefully some of you picked up on. If not, shame. But our weapon of the week this week is the spear. It's a simple weapon consisting of a wooden shaft with a sharpened head. The spear is a weapon used largely by tribals. It can be used as a melee or thrown weapon. 
The Spear appears in Fallout, Fallout 2, Fallout Tactics, Van Buren, and Fallout New Vegas. Although I don't think it's usable in Van Buren. I don't think much is usable in Van Buren, actually. But it would have been. Fallout New, Ve- uh, Fallout New Vegas Dead Money has a special variant of the spear, the Knife Spear, which can be crafted by attaching a cosmic knife to the end of a spear, which the cosmic knife actually has to be manufactured. I don't think you can just pick one up. Um, in Fallout 2, it can be used as melee or ranged. But then again, once you throw it, I believe you cannot go get it again. Shaleen can correct me on that. I believe you can occasionally pick them up. Okay, cool. Uh, And although weak compared to other weapons, the spear is plentiful in the wasteland. And often, you know, probably from my short experience in the ISOs, worth having because you don't always want to use your gun. Did you you use your spear in Fallout 2? In Fallout 2, I'm using the spear right now. It's all I've got right now. Cool. Cool. I'm still just a, a little baby chosen one at the beginning. I'm like level two. Um, I thought that I thought that you started out with a pistol in that one, or is that one? In one, you start out with a 10 millimeter, I believe. That's what I'm thinking of. So, but anyway. Also, I'm going to take this email. That ends it for our weapon of the week, the spear. If you want to use it and you don't want to fiddle with those cruddy little ISOs, I'm going to get I'm going to yelled at for saying that. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, it'll be okay because we're balancing it out. You're true. saying the crummy little ISOs, but I'm having a ball playing Fallout 2. Well, have fun with that Fallout 2 thing. Uh, I will. I'll use the spear in New Vegas. So that's our weapon of the week. Um, we have kind of a... We have to backtrack to last week a little bit where in the heat of the moment... so. I like to gush a lot. I, I can ramble about the same thing over and over again. And last week, I didn't want to ramble on too much because I was feeling gushy because it was our, you know, our year anniversary. It was our birthday. And I this stuff means a lot to me. And I breezed right over a question in one of the emails. And don't worry, I went ahead right after the show, after Shaleen screamed at me. Uh, I went <laughs> I went ahead after the show and sent him a personal email answering his question, but told him that I'm going to be um, reading it again and answering the question uh, a little bit more, you know, live because I felt it needed to be. So our listen, uh, a listener of Fallout OTR, Josh, wrote in with a story about how Fallout helped him through some really tough times. And I want to kind of... In, 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 he asked the question, I'd like to ask if you two have used the games to get through a hard time in your lives. And yeah, the, the the simple answer to that is, is is yes, and more so the podcast has gotten me through a lot of rough times. Um, currently, still, this podcast is like the highlight to my week. I look forward to coming here every single week and being a part of this. And um, it's yeah, so that's kind of the long and short of it. This this podcast, moreover than the actual games, I mean, through the games, this podcast formed. And helped me out um, and, and gets me through some stuff. And we've heard from listeners about times where Fallout or some game has gotten them through hard times. And we devoted a whole KD Radio episode to it. So, yeah, games in general have been a big part of my life. What about you? Absolutely. Um, I'm with you on the podcast being something that helps me get through hard times and hard weeks and... 
you know, like this week, for example, I, I had some hard times at work and I was just looking forward to getting off on Friday so I could do the podcast. But I've absolutely used Fallout games to get through some some stuff. You know, um, I've talked about my grandma before and, you know, how I look after my grandma. For a while, we were looking after my grandma and my grandpa before he passed away. Mm. And my grandpa had Alzheimer's. And uh, when that started to get really bad... I started a, uh, that was actually when I started the trophy run of Fallout 3. And that was something that I could just sink, you know, my time into when, uh, when I was done, you know, um, you know, it was, that was some really hard times. That was, it was rough. And when, uh, when I had a free moment, I would just, you know, sink some time into the Fallout 3 trophy run. And, uh, that really helped me. That was something that really just was a, a relief and comfort to me and it gave me achievable goals you know it, g- it gave me something that i could look at and think okay today i'm going to get you know a couple of trophies and i could do that and feel like i had really accomplished something because anybody who has has done much caretaking knows that um nothing ever goes as planned and i'm something who likes to follow a plan and and <laughs> achieve a goal. So that's that's absolutely something that I've used uh, as something to make me uh, to be a comfort. So anyway, that's that. Good. Yeah, I mean I mean for the most part, I mean, I think I don't know. A lot of us when we start gaming in the beginning, it's to escape something. A lot of us. Not everyone, but, but yeah. yeah, not everybody, but I, there's definitely an escapism level in there for me. Of course. Oh yeah, and me, me still. That sounded like really bad English. Me still, me moving. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. <laughs> um, I have to apologize. My Pretty head- soon you're gonna be like Rick Smash. <laughs> um, no, I, I apologize. I am watching the chat room like a hawk. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to be better about that that's, too. Yeah, I I love our chat room. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying this as a, as a bad thing, but we have so many people in the chat room now that I have a harder time following it. I th- you know, I, I, I think I'm going to have to start making some people some moderators. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. Next email. So, shall I take the next email? That was my cue, and I, and I just missed it. Just You missed it. I could feel, I could feel the wind from the cue as it, as it flowed by my face. You missed the cue. You're not on the ball. The, uh, I just, um, wait, wait, so, wait, wait, I can't think of any more. Never mind. Wow. That was, that was a pun that happened. Let's move on to our second email of the show. Yes. Dear Rick and Shalene. Hello. I am one of your pure audio listeners who never comes to the streams, but only listens to the podcast. I live on the West coast and work nine to five. I had to pull open a YouTube to double check the email. And as a side note, let me say that neither of you looks anything like what I was imagining. For some reason, I always pictured Rick as looking like a stereotypical 50s dad. Which, I just to, to interject here, I kind of think Rick does look like a typical 50s dad. I did when I had my hair. I chopped it all off yeah. at, at this point. And Shalene, as a California surfer girl, complete with streaky blonde hair. And wow, could that not be farther from the mark? (laughs) (laughs) I had to stop and laugh at myself before actually writing the email because I was so completely off the mark. 
In any case, I want to thank you for making the podcast. It's one of my favorites at this point. However, I must confess something. I've never actually played any of the Fallout games. One of my friends posted lots of pictures of Hancock when Fallout 4 came out, and I got curious to learn more, because I love things with deep world building. But now I gleefully listen to each new episode and occasionally pause, because what does the Deathclaw look like? Holy crap, that's like the alien from Alien Cross with the Juan Juan. I was expecting some sort of dog thing. It's been a good time, but on that note, can you recommend any good Let's Plays of the earlier ISO games? I'm pretty new to the LP scene, so I'm not really sure where to start. Thanks. A Heather, but not with a beehive. Now, I went ahead and uh, and found you some Let's Plays. This is, you may have found some by now, because this is a really, this was one of an older email. Um, Sips, who I mentioned earlier, was my favorite YouTuber. He did a Fallout 1 series that was hilarious. And his character was Mike Tyson. And uh, he was a stupid melee character, which he actually started that shortly after I had started my trophy <laughs> run of Forrest Gump. And I was like, man, stole my idea. <laughs> but I thought that was pretty funny. But it's a really good series of Fallout 1 by Sips. And I had never watched a, uh, a playthrough of Fallout 2 so I did some Googling uh, last night and found one by a guy named Metal Canyon on YouTube. And it was not as fun as Sips, but it was it looked like a solid playthrough. There, there was, you know, a lot of discussion of builds and stats, which is some people's bag. But when I want to Let's Play, I, I just want to relax and, and have funny chat, you know. I, yeah, but, you know, Fallout 1 and Fallout 2 are a lot more focused on stat build. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh... The chat room is yelling it at you. Why? You said Twan-Twan? I don't know how to say that word. Tauntaun! Tauntaun? Okay, Have you never thanks. seen Star Wars? I've seen Star Wars a lot of times. I don't... I don't, I don't want to say that word. Ah, uh, it's the Tauntaun from Hoth. It's the things that they ride. Things that, okay, the things they ride. Yeah. The, the things that they're like, uh, the with amp- the neck. And yeah, the, that they cut open. And yeah. Stuff Luke. You know, the whole... Oh, they smelled bad on the... Outside. That whole line, that's a taunt. Yeah. 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 Oh, I might have gotten that wrong. Nope, oh, I got it right. So I got it right. I got it right. Um, regardless, I, I'd never seen it written down. I didn't know how to pronounce it. Yeah. I, I'm not sorry. I, uh, never mind. You know, I... Tauntaun. Tuan Tuan. <laughs> Just love it. <laughs> Uh, am I wrong? I wouldn't. Th- I thought that no, because the wampa is the monster in the cave, and the tauntaun. Yeah, the tauntaun is the is the yes. Ah, okay. You know what, Rick? I one hundred percent think this does not matter. Hmm. Where are we? We just finished reading this email, and I answered with some let's plays. So unless you have some other ISO let's plays to add, I don't. I don't. It's it's really hot in my room, and I'm losing my mind. <laughs> so, do you have any closing remarks? No, I don't. <laughs> Nothing. Not after. Thanks all that? everybody for coming. Yes, thank you so to much. To this disaster of a podcast. <laughs> no, no. But we do have some some. Lo- I do have some things. Actually, oh, you now do. That you mention it. Ah. We've gotten a whole bunch of emails giving us feedback on show format and. 
segments, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Thank you so much for sending in all that feedback. We really appreciate it. It's been very good. Yeah, definitely. And we will definitely be doing more Let's Plays because of that. So, screw you haters. <laughs> anyway. Um, I think that's it. Is that it? That's really it? That's it. We went through the whole thing? We did. Man. Start here, Rick. Start here. Start here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also want to point out that when I said something about adding moderators to this, uh, I think it was... Um, Current Jess, I jeez, oh, I forget. Music matters. It's like, yeah, both of them are not here, so <laughs> that's true. Um, anyway, back onto this. You can tweet at the show at Fallout OTR. You can tweet at me at Rick McVick, and you can tweet at Shaleen at Shaleen L all on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook and join our Facebook group. Keyword when you search is Fallout Off the Record. Or you can also email us at falloutotrgmail.com. Like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Leave us a comment if you will like to. Uh, our YouTube URL is youtube.com slash Network, And you can find our show on iTunes and Stitcher as well. Leave us a review. We love it. Um, we have a few five-star reviewer shout-outs this week. Cap Cap, Lone, Lone Tie, 7994445 from Australia. Mama Murphy's Dirty Old Works, which, okay. And Eddie from the UK. Thank you so much for leaving us the five-star reviews on, on iTunes specifically. Uh, we record live on Fridays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard on YouTube.com slash Network slash live. And you can check out the other great QGN shows streaming live on YouTube, such as KD Radio, which comes on next week at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard, same time. Outer Scrolls off the record and classic Outer Scrolls, but they are on hiatus at the moment. Uh, please check back regularly, regularly to see when they're back up. And also, Dragon Age off the record, Warcraft off the record, and the newest show, QGDND, as well as Dancing with Daggers, which comes on later this evening between 10.30 and 11 p.m. here on YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And Shaleen, what is your last word? Twan, twan. <laughs> <laughs>